Folks, your financial freedom is at stake when the government thrives on creating unrelenting inflation, an astronomical debt, crippling interest rates, and market turmoil that we haven't seen in decades. And now you have an administration that wants to tax everything that you have to fund runaway entitlement spending. You should empower yourself with opportunity and the freedom to pursue success and to keep the fruits of your hard work. And if you want to protect your future, you should call a precious metals dealer that I trust, American Hartford Gold. They can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. And all it takes to get started is a short phone call. An American Hartford Gold can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They make it easy. American Hartford Gold is the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call today and they'll give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Call American Hartford Gold today at 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. That's 866 866- 887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. There is a, a, a separate House Republican, Congressional Republican proposal that would override legislation allowing non-citizens to vote in Washington, D.C. elections. If that passes, the Congress would the President sign it. I can say uh, that the President does not support that. True, though, because I don't know, it kind of sounds like he does when you hear him talk about certain things. Welcome to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Friday. You can listen uh, from sea to shining sea, coast to coast, and you can also stream it on Internet, Facebook, YouTube, all that good stuff. And uh, you can also watch it channel 349 direct TV. So let's uh, get into some of this stuff. So that that's like one of the so that's one of the bills that they are considering <laughs> fun in Congress right now, allowing people to be able to vote in D.C. So there's this been this like back and forth for um, for quite some time in make in trying to get people you know like D.C. statehood all of this other stuff, and here's my because you realize that it's just it's more. I made this point a couple of days ago. This is way more than just uh, people who entered the country illegally. How many embassies do we have there, Kane? Oh, man. From all of these other different countries. Yeah. That's a big issue. Hmm? Hold on. How many, how many people who are registered foreign agents, or maybe not even registered foreign agents too many to count. yeah may yeah maybe a little too many to count there so now maybe we see how problematic this is i mean because it is it's incredibly problematic and yet this is something that they've been pushing for quite some time now the house democrats they've been freaking out over this I mean, he did, I mean, because this is a change from Biden. He did surprise them. So they also had this where the DC, where the district council passed. They overturned this veto of Mayor Muriel Bowser. 
easing penalties for a variety of criminal offenses, including violent crimes. Now, the House of Representatives had passed a resolution to overturn this law, but it still requires the approval of the Senate. You had 173 Democrats that voted against the measure. They're, they're trying to, they're citing, no, D.C.'s home rule. Now, Biden told Democrats, this is yesterday, he met with members of the House, he met with members of the Senate, he had lunch with members of the Senate yesterday, he said, oh, well, I'll sign it if it gets to my desk, so overturning their law. So that was, that Democrats were very unhappy. They, they in fact, one of them texted the Hill, quote, the White House blinked this up royally. Wouldn't be the first time. Another Democrat lawmaker added, quote, blank amateur hour. Heads should roll over at the White House over this. And apparently it was in caps lock. Is that like, wait, Cyber, is that like a threat? Sounds like yelling. I, I mean, doesn't that it? I, well, yeah, but I mean, isn't that kind of like a threat? If you're saying heads should roll over yeah. at the White House and you're talking about what the president if did, I'm just wondering. Said that about a Democrat, dude, can you imagine? Be. Can you imagine if the Hill came out and said, oh, man, there were some there were some Republicans who said this about the about the president of the United States. Oh, my gosh, it would be crazy. So then Biden had to tweet. He had to go to Twitter. And you know he didn't write this tweet, but this is what he said. Quote, I support D.C. statehood and home rule, but I don't support some of the changes D.C. council put forward over the mayor's objections, such as lowering penalties for carjackings. If the Senate votes to overturn what the D.C. council did, I'll sign it. Oh, my gosh. And you have all these people fighting for... Uh, D.C. They said that D.C. should have autonomy. No, no, actually, that's never how it was meant to be. If you want autonomy, then move your fat, sweet ass out of D.C. and go to any of the other amazing suburban areas that ring the entire D.C. area. Because the place where all the feds are and all the government officials are and all the foreign agents and everything else, they don't get that. Sorry, that is never how it was ever supposed to be. The concentrated place of power doesn't get a vote for itself. That's not how it works. So no, we're not doing this. You're Feel free to go anywhere else. I mean, you've got choices, but that ain't one of them. This is a big fight that they've had. So Biden kind of messed it up. So they're mad. They're pouting. They're pouting over this. And I think that this is just, it, it just keeps pushing this, all of the whispering, all of everything where, you know, you hear from Democrats, oh, they want, they don't want Joe Biden because their work, Joe Biden messes everything up. And this also underscores what Barack Obama had said, Biden will always find a way to mess something up because he is for them. For his own side. It's just weird. Now, here's another huge, crazy story that I saw. Speaking of Democrats yesterday, my jaw was on the floor with this story. This was from Mia Cathal, Cathal at Town Hall. Now, I saw this headline uh, like late last night. It was this. His name's 47. His name's Patrick Lewis Wohan. He's 47 years old. He was a regular White House guest and the first openly gay man to take mayoral office in College Park. Because, you know, progressives like that sort of thing. They want to know how you have sex when you take office because everything is historic. Identity politics, y'all. Well, uh, he was charged with 40 counts of possession of child pornography, 16 felony counts of distribution of child pornography. 
Town Hall has that he's a four-term Democrat mayor busted after police investigated images and videos of abused children being uploaded to his social media account. So they executed a search warrant Tuesday this week. And they found a bunch of digital devices. And he was always at the White House. He was there for all kinds of events, all the rainbow stuff, all the alphabet stuff from Joe Biden. And he also attended the ceremony for the Respect for Marriage Act, which was the No Respect for Marriage Act, on the White House lawn. Now, they were also, he and his partner were named as plaintiffs in this 2004 lawsuit from the ACLU. They were uh, fighting to overturn uh, a same-sex marriage ruling in Maryland. And he also said that he was mentored by Pete Buttigieg. They met when they were at the U.S. Conference of Mayors, and Buttigieg was, quote, assigned to be my buddy. Their partners were introduced to each other at a White House reception that Obama held. And apparently they said that when they, it was a years-long mentorship, and they talked about, quote, the challenges of being an openly gay mayor, which still just kind of the left. They had drinks after Secretary Mayor Poots, personal time Pete, failed 2020 presidential run. And he got uh, Wohan's endorsement, proudly shared it. Hmm. Tweeted out, just two mayors grabbing a beer together, hashtag Mayor Pete. Now he is now all these possession and distribution charges. He was on Instagram and Twitter under under a specific username and... Uh, it, it just horrific. He resigned. He said, quote, I'm stepping away to deal with my own mental health. He goes, it does not involve official city business of any kind. That's the, that's the resignation letter he wrote. Dated March 2nd of this year, just, just yesterday. He said, yeah, I'm, I'm, he says, uh, a search warrant was executed on my residence as a part of an ongoing investigation. He says he's cooperated fully. He's going to continue to cooperate with law enforcement. But he says, I'm, you know, I'm taking, I'm, st- I'm stepping away from my mental health. No, you're, you're stepping away from everyone else's mental health. You're in the jail for all these children's mental health. And he was, I mean, this is wild. They had uh, College Park, where he was mayor, released their own statement. They thanked him for his many years of dedicated service. There's no mention of the fact that he's a pedophile and that he was arrested on numerous child porn charges, including dis- distribution charges. They, had, they said nothing about it. College Park said nothing about it. And they had a second press release because after they started getting hit last night for saying nothing about the guy being a, a kid toucher, they had to release another statement saying, oh yes, by the way, we were made aware this morning of his, of, that the charges had been filed. We're shocked and disturbed. It's a total surprise to us. It's distressing to our community. It's an ongoing and active investigation. The tone deafness is insane. Absolutely insane. By the way, he's totally committed to DEI, by the way. I mean, just, you know, I'm sure that shocks you. So a major Democrat mayor who was involved, who was at the White House all the time, creature of the White House, a, a, a mentee of Secretary Mayor Poot Buttigieg, is arrested for tons of child porn. To me, I mean, and, and, the, and he had a ringing endorsement of Secretary Mayor Pete, a ringing endorsement of him, 
pictures of them all over together, fundraising, doing all this other stuff. Personal Time Pete had shared it to his own social media pages at the time. So the guy that Personal Time Pete mentored is arrested for kitty porn. Hmm. Oh, boy. I mean, I, and again, a big DEI supporter, which reinforces my, my complete belief that people who are hell-bent on teaching how people have sex to your elementary school kids are pedophiles and groomers. This is just, wow. Now, it's not shocking when you see the, I don't even want to call it curriculum, but the materials, I should say, that are pushed onto kids. It's, it's not surprising when you see these materials and then you look at the people pushing the materials. Just saying. That is, I don't know, I wonder if there's going to be a statement from Personal Time Pete. Because this was his mentee, his protege. I mean, where, where's, I'm just curious. We have a lot to get to. We got some moves in D.C. We're going to get to that. We got Wokery. We've got some SCOTUS. We got a bunch of stuff to hit today. So, uh, and it's Friday. We got Florida Man. We got all that good stuff. And, you know, Fridays are a little weirder because we're in a weirder mood. It's just, you know, it's the end of the week and we've been putting up with the swamps, you know, mind boggling insanity all week. So, no. If you're a regular listener, then you've heard me talk about Keltec and all the reasons why they're one of my personal favorites when it comes to firearms. Privately owned family company, Keltec has been making one of a kind American made firearms since 1995. Driven by creativity, Keltec doesn't just copy other weapons on the market, they innovate new ones, including the new P50. The P50 platform is based around a 50 round double stack magazine, which lays horizontally along the top of the grip. The 5.7 cartridge comes in several variants from sporting, hunting, personal defense and with how easy it handles its smooth shooting because it's well balanced and thus accurate you can definitely see Keltec's reliability and quality at work the p50 is fun on the range but it's also great for serious home protection to find out more about the p50 and all other Keltec weapons and products check out keltecweapons.com that's k-e-l-t-e-c weapons.com Keltec creating innovative quality firearms to help secure your world. Keltechweapons.com. Is the federal government using inflation to enforce their green agenda? If your energy price goes up, they'll try to sell you an electric vehicle. But if the price of your groceries go up, the Fed can do absolutely nothing. How do you get relief in your wallet while the federal government turns us into Europe? Check out the Watchdog on Wall Street podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I've been following the plans for this old 10,000-square-foot jail in Missouri, so it went up for sale. Someone purchased it. I mean, it looks pretty rough. It's uh, the former Cass County, Missouri Law Enforcement Center and Detention Center. It hasn't been used for more than 20 years. It was listed for 195000 It was being used as county storage and has been vacant. They sold it at auction two years ago, and then I guess somebody was going to make it residential, and then they tried to resell it again. Of course, that was right around the time of the uh, pit lockdown and all of that. So now the new owner is an out-of-state investor. They say they're going to turn the property into several income-producing opportunities from an Airbnb retail space to an apartment complex, and they want jail-themed entertainment. What? Um, I just got a lot of questions, because I'm not... Man, it looks rough. It looks like if VD was a building, it would be this. I'm just saying. Like, the whole thing needs bleach. It all needs bleach. Every bit of it. So, Diane Feinstein was taken to the hospital last night with shingles, according to ABC. She's undergoing treatment, excuse me, for shingles at a San Francisco hospital. She was diagnosed 
in late February. She's missed multiple votes this week. So that's two sitting members of the Senate out, by the way. Uh, she said she was uh, in a statement released yesterday evening. She said she was diagnosed over recess with a case of shingles. She's been hospitalized. She's receiving treatment. She hopes to make a full recovery. She expects to return to the Senate later this month. Uh, they said that she'd hope it's a, you know, obviously it's non life threatening infection, but she she's also not seeking reelection in 2024. So her seat's interesting because you have Adam Schiff who wants to go for it. A couple of other officials who want to go for that Senate seat. And then you not only now have her sitting out, but then don't forget, you also have John Fetterman, who is seeking treatment for weeks. They say it's going to be weeks. There's no ETA. Uh, and and he's for, for clinical depression, although a lot of people are wondering if it's not stroke-related issues and not just depression, and we don't know how he's still uh, apparently uh, proposing new pieces of legislation. Will Smith claims that a white actor spit on him while filming. Uh, Mr. Slap claimed during an award show that a white actor spit on him while filming Emancipation for Apple TV+. He was given some award while appearing at an award show, and he said that, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. He didn't slap anybody when he was on stage, so, you know, that's good. But he talked about being spit on during the filming of it, and um, I don't know, is that, I mean, I guess he wanted to show that he's been assaulted, too. Guys, I have been assaulted. I mean, he wasn't slapped on stage at the Oscars in front of everyone because somebody made a joke that was completely innocuous about his wife. But whatever. Uh, I don't know. I just am I supposed to feel sorry for him because I I'm just you know I just don't feel like I does it mean because I just don't feel like I do. I don't know. It's not mean. I'm going to answer my own question. It's not mean at all. Uh, also, a couple of other things. The uh, that ginger from South Carolina, the Murtaugh guy, he was found guilty. Nobody cares. I don't care. I'm not going to be talking about that case because I don't care. I don't care about that case at all. I have no idea who these people are. I don't know why it's like headline news everywhere. I mean, no clue. We're coming back after this. Stick with us. We have a lot more in store. So Valentine's Day may be over, but the need to say I love you is never over. You can say I love you over and over again with a meat subscription from Good Ranchers. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold in stores is imported from overseas. That doesn't say I love you. What does say I love you is 100% American hand-trimmed steakhouse quality meat and seafood delivered right to your door. Right now, use Codena to get $30 off when you order any box from Good Ranchers. Ditch the usual gifts and say I love you with a subscription to American Meat instead. Snag your $30 off with Myco Dana at GoodRanchers.com today. With the 100% satisfaction guarantee, you can count on your monthly delivery of meat to always deliver the quality a great gift needs. Forget flower deliveries. Set up an easy, affordable, and delicious subscription to American Meat. Deliver today by GoodRanchers.com and save $30 with code Dana. Say you're the best with the best meat in America from GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers American Meat delivered. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. President, you went to visit Ohio to discuss the situation there with the trade with people there I've spoken with every official in Ohio, Democrat and Republican, on a continuous basis, as in Pennsylvania. I laid out a little bit in there what I think the answers are. We put it together, and we will be implementing an awful lot into the legislation here. Good heavens. Are you serious? That's the I mean, how long has it been? And that's he's still that's the best he can say about this. Good grief. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. Bottom of our first hour. Hope you're having a good Friday. Wrapping up the week together, friends. 
East Palestine residents were angry about that. They were also infuriated. They had another town hall meeting yesterday. Guess who didn't show? Norfolk Southern. Their CEO, Alan Shaw, again. And his reps are all, I'm not kidding you, his representatives are going, we just feel so horrible. We just feel so bad about that crash. Just feel so bad. The feelings is bad. People were understandably upset. They were asking, where's Alan? Because the CEO, once again, did not show up. Didn't send anybody either. I mean, this, well, he said they sent one representative. I'll correct myself so they don't, they don't uh, defecate their britches. They, they sent one representative. Well, that's better than the no representatives that they sent last time. So they sent the one representative. And they, through the representative, Norfolk Southern told the crowd that they felt just horrible about the crash. Now, he has not shown up for these residents at all. I get a little aggravated when I see some of the media reports of this because they always try to make this this like some kind of class warfare thing. So, for instance, in this one report that I'm I'm looking at that's talking about, you know, them not showing up. It says, oh, this this is the second time that the CEO who makes four and a half million dollars has failed to show up for East Palestine residents. I don't care how much the guy makes. Does he run a good company and does he hold himself accountable for mistakes? Does he show up and correct those mistakes? That is what is important because they make it out like him being wealthy. I mean, he runs a damn railroad. What did you think he was going to make $2 an hour? Come on. But the way that they use that as some sort of indication of good or bad character to me is lame. And it gets into Marxist class warfare. And I can't stand that. I hate shaming people for wealth. Shame people for actual lack of virtue. Being wealthy is not an an indicator of uh, absence of virtue. If you're going to shame someone, shame them for not showing up. Shame them for lack of accountability. Shame them for not correcting their mistakes. Shame them for not listening if they were told that there were problems, for not immediately making sure that those problems were were remedied before everything continued. You can shame them for those things. But this other stuff is just garbage. So there were people sharing how their kids have been falling ill. You know, a lot of the cleanup workers have been falling ill too. But it's all okay, guys. It's all okay. One resident asked to evacuate us. An angry mother said, well, how long is this going to take? It's been a month. They, they talk about their animals getting sick. They, you know, they they talk about their concerns about getting diagnosed with something horrible later on down the road because no answers have been given. They've had a fight for every scrap of answer. And they, you know, we're, we're telling this to this representative. You know, the thing that angers me is that they sent a rep. They sent a rep in, and I get that that's probably that rep's job, but it's tone deaf. This company is not doing itself any favors. I don't know if they have a crisis management team or who is who is advising them, but they're doing a crap job and they should be fired. Because what they should have had, what they should have had happen is him show up with, you know, maybe a mechanical engineer to talk about some things or uh, show up to, you know, talk about maybe maybe, uh, you know, somebody that they have that is, you know, an expert 
with chemical engineering or, you know, any what they were carrying and then an actual mechanical engineer, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then have this Alan Shaw show up and, and answer questions, because I'm telling you what, if you're genuine and you're there to actually talk to the crowd and and, you know, and speak to them in this particular instance they're because they want answers. You know, these are not people that are hell bent. It's not, you know, a staged show. It's, you know, these are people. This is not a town hall that CNN is handling. Okay. This is an actual town hall where people want answers and you have a railroad head that's not giving them. And I understand that there are concerns. Maybe he could have his lawyer there with him. I understand that there are concerns for litigation, et cetera, but that doesn't mean that you make your problem worse by seemingly appearing tone deaf or uninterested or, you know, completely unsympathetic to the issues that these people are going through as a result of your your activity. They want answers. Nobody's been able to give them answers. I mean, do you see how many contradictory things that we've we've just touched on on the show? You have people, you know, drinking tap water and cheering each other and then other people saying, oh, no, don't play near the water. Well, you know how many people got well water in that area? A lot of people got well water. Not everybody's on, you know, in, in the public system. So they said the and even the EPA, the air quality. I mean, it's 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 back and forth. People have questions. And there's so many contradictory things. It's just it's it's really it's kind of disappointing. I mean, they're they're just making this so much more worse on themselves than it needs to be. And they could they could really easily. I think sit down, speak to these people. And that's what they should do. They should they should speak to different groups, like have, you know, register different groups of of residents so where it's a little bit more manageable and you can have more questions and then just have different, you know, take a couple of days and meet with just different groups all day. I mean, I think that's worth it. And it'll go a long way in fixing, repairing some of these relationships because, you know, I don't I don't blame them for not trusting them. Really don't. Now, in in the meantime, Nobody knows where the transportation secretary is. He's had like a couple of comments and then he's dressed up in some Bob the Builder wear and that's been about it. That's been about it. People are saying, yeah, he's, uh, he's got responsibilities that he was not ready for. I, it, this is a guy who was not ready for, he does not have the qualifications for this position. They called him Pothole Pete. In South Bend, because as the mayor of the fourth largest town in, in Indiana, he couldn't feel he couldn't fill the, the potholes. And so they called him Pothole Pete. He doesn't even live in Indiana anymore. They moved to Michigan because he thinks that he's going to run, make another run for office in Michigan. That's why they moved to Michigan. He was hired because he's gay. He wasn't hired for anything else. He was hired because he's gay. This is what happens when you don't run on merit when you run on identity. No, he, I mean, I, I, I don't know where he's, he's MIA on this, except for he showed up once, Bob the Builder, wouldn't take any questions, leaves, issues a couple of other statements, and now, no, I mean, what has he done since? Nothing? Just as he was MIA for the supply chain crisis, etc. It's funny because Joe Manchin was asked about Buttigieg. Oh, yeah, that's right. He did 22 interviews, Kane. Don't forget, 22 interviews, Kane. He, for 22 different times, he had to sit down for like a couple of minutes each time and answer questions. 
Holy workload. Batman. What in the world? So much stress. Gosh, like working 18 hours doing 22 interviews over like a month span that are like a couple. I mean, it's little, that's like the easiest part of your job. It should be, dude. <sighs> Joe Manchin was asked about him and he didn't hold back. He goes, he says, quote, I think that basically Pete is not getting high grades right now. He says, I have concerns with how this has been addressed, the quickness of it. He goes, he has to make a decision if he feels whether or not he's being effective. When he was asked, when Manchin was asked whether or not Buttigieg should resign as transportation secretary, Manchin replied, well, he's got to make that decision if he feels that, uh, you know, if he feels he's being effective. That was a catty answer. I'm still mad at Manchin. I'm still mad at Joe Manchin. So don't mistake this as us being friends. We haven't made up. He probably doesn't even know I'm mad at him, but whatever. It's, um, mm. no, he's going to have another problem on his hands with that kid toucher mentee that, of his, that guy who had all the child porn. He's going to, that's, that is and not a single blip about this. Nothing on CNN. Y'all didn't see, hear anything about that on CNN, did you? Uh-uh. MSNBC? Uh-uh. No, nothing, nothing of that either. No, nobody, nobody heard any of that either. Not a single bit of it. I'm curious. No, instead now, Democrats have moved on for, for pretending to care about uh, a little bit about East Palestine. Now they're, they're pushing for DC statehood. <sighs> I told you Biden's tweet, how he was saying that he supports DC statehood and home rule, but he doesn't support the changes of the DC council. They, w- they did want to lower the penalty for carjackings. W- was in that video, there was an Uber driver who was carjacked by two teenage girls. Uh, and they were young. And he, oh man, it was just, it was horrific. Absolutely horrific. I mean, it is, it, it's, it's, oh, there's, it's just bad. It's bad. So they're lowering the penalties for this. I, I think that they're going to have a lot of problems with any kind of DC statehood because Joe Manchin has said that he's not for statehood. Some of the latest polling, I think there was a poll that was from ABC like uh, a while ago that showed most Americans are again. D.C. statehood's not a thing that's going to happen. It's just not. I mean, it's just the idea to have the seat of government um, is where all the government is concentrated. There's no constitutional justification for any of that. And I know the left is like, oh, well, people are disenfranchised. No, nobody has to live in D.C. People who want to live in D.C., um, you don't have to live there. It's, you know, it's a, I think it's, you know, nobody likes to commute, but the commute's not horrific. If you're coming from like uh, Virginia or even Maryland, I have a lot of friends who live outside of D.C. who work in D.C. and they, they commute in. We're going to talk more about this, though, the unconstitutional aspect of D.C. statehood and how it is one of the dumbest arguments ever. This is Democrats trying to figure out a way to give themselves more votes. That's ultimately what this is. We're going to talk about that here more coming up. And additionally, some of the other things that we have on deck include there's more Twitter files. We've got that. Uh, And the even ongoing with East Palestine, the ongoing Supreme Court back and forth over whether or not we're going to see, which I don't think we will, uh, this allowance of reallocating everyone else's student debt and giving it to people who, you know, 
didn't sign up for any of this at all. We're going to get into that. We have uh, also some of the GOP drama, too. I'm just already, you know, the primary, all this stuff got started so early. It got started so early, which is insane. Because, Kane, when is it? Usually, I was saying it, it really doesn't kick off for the, for the next year until the end of summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early fall is when it kind of starts to really get in. I mean, I just remember I was actually looking back at, you know, previous pieces that I've written or um, any kind of discussion from previous uh, election years. And I've just everything has always been late summer, early fall. And that's when people still have their presidential exploratory committees so that they it's like a placeholder so that they can kind of put their, you know, put a placeholder out and and. Uh, kind of signal that they're going to run, but they're not getting in yet. Now everybody's just kind of bypassing that. No one's doing that anymore. They're just like, they're getting in, which I think is stupid to get in so early because it makes you so much more accountable to FEC and that's all garbage, et cetera, et cetera. But it is getting really dumb. And I just, I can't, if it gets worse than this, I think we're all going to jump off my roof. All of us, we're all going to jump off my roof. That's what's going to happen. So we're going to talk about some of this as well. Black Rifle Coffee Company set out on a mission to make the best cup of coffee that's ever hit your mug. And I think they've hit that mission straight on. Their dream has been to sell enough premium coffee to build a support network for veterans, first responders, and law enforcement. And thanks to your support, that dream has come true. Black Rifle Coffee is roasted by a veteran-led team of brilliant coffee graders who work tirelessly to roast and bag the highest quality coffee here in America. And the coffee is truly one of a kind and my favorite. Your support has helped Black Rifle Coffee Company expand their team of active duty service members, veterans, and veteran family members. And they were able to donate over 120,000 bags of coffee to veterans and first responders in 2022. Visit blackriflecoffee.com Dana and use my code Dana at check out for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Dana. Use code Dana and also look for Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores. Black Rifle Coffee, America's coffee. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Why is President Biden afraid of China? The president is not afraid of China. Did, well, you, see, did you see the president last week? When we went to, uh, when we went to, uh, we went to Ukraine, went to Kiev. This is not a president that's afraid of anything. It was a historic trip. Did she say with the Kiev? Yeah, the Kiev. No, like with the Kiev. Like, is that? Do they've got somebody right, like traveling with them that has a fun nickname that we don't know? I don't know. Uh, I yeah, actually, that's Corinne Jean Pierre yesterday saying the president is not afraid of China. This is not a president that's afraid of anything, except stairs teleprompters questions about whether or not he's going to east palestine questions about whether or not he's the big guy referenced in the hunter biden emails questions about hunter biden questions about ashley biden questions about any biden questions about anything that he's doing in his presidency questions about what he does in delaware where he is all the time because he's not in dc every weekend those kinds of things other than that he's not afraid really of anything so little caveat there little 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 bit of a little bit of a caveat Woo. so um i i've been look i i i, I don't know i, I want to play this i really wanted to play this utah thing with the bull i'm trying to figure out the best way to segue into this bullfrog thing because there's no good we have a bunch of weird little stories and i'm trying to figure out where to put them today so for apparently in Utah, they're having a major bullfrog problem. 
And I saw someone, one of you all put this as a link in one of the Facebook comments or something yesterday. And somebody, and I will say they were from Louisiana. God love them. And they were like, how's that a problem? (laughs) I was dying. (laughs) Yeah. They were like, how's that a problem? I love it. It is so funny because Utah is asking residents to help control this bullfrog population. They can't figure it out. We're going to we're going to have a little fun with that. Also, coming up, some GOP drama and then the left as well, whether it is what's happening in D.C., foreign policy, all kinds of stuff. We got a whole bunch of things to hit and Florida man's on the way as well. Stick with us. Second hour coming up. Folks, are you concerned about American K through 12 education? Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? So if you've answered yes, my friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. You've heard me talk about how Hillsdale College understands the importance of education to the future of our country. And now they're offering you 10 free print copies of their recent issue of Imprimus entitled Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry P. Arn. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing going battle over education and why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children learn. With Hillsdale College, you can make a difference in your community by distributing these copies of Imprimus to your community. Don't miss this opportunity to arm yourself with the facts. Claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting Dana4FORHillsdale.com. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Act today and join the battle over education for our country's future. That's Dana4Hillsdale.com. Would, there is a, a, a separate House Republican, Congressional Republican proposal that would override legislation allowing non-citizens to vote in Washington, D.C. elections. If that passes, the Congress would the President sign it. I can say uh, that the President does not support that. Hmm. He doesn't support not, he doesn't support any preventing people who aren't citizens from voting in dc but hey let's go ahead and give dc some statehood shall we that's kjp yesterday who boy welcome back to the program dana lash here with you yeah this is what they're this is one of the things that they're they're revisiting what they were pushing back in 2020 listen to this this is audio soundbite six they're going back to this topic that they were pushing in 2020 the whole concept of dc statehood which doesn't even, they, they wouldn't be able to do it in the Senate because they don't have all the Democrats in, that they need in the Senate to do it. There's no way. But listen to this. This is KJP yesterday. We hear uh, things that we may not disagree, we may not agree with, that they both could exist at the same time, which is the president still thinks that uh, D.C. should become uh, the 51st state. That is something that he has supported for decades, not just these last couple of years. But there is, he feels as president, he has the obligation as well to keep America's cities safe to keep communities safe. Hmm. What does that have to do with any of this? That doesn't make any sense. So they are. This is this is after because they're talking about the they're talking about crime because and this came on the heels of Biden screwing everything up with his remarks on crime. And by the way, welcome everyone to the second hour of the program this Friday. Dana Lash with you here today. Your lovable curmudgeon. You can watch Channel Three Forty Nine Direct TV, Facebook. Uh, YouTube, we got a discussion happening on YouTube as well. All kinds of good stuff. This, I, I think this is one of the dumbest things for them to push right now. It's, and her remark on, well, you know, they, they have to do something about the crime. I guess this, this is, this hits on that, uh, and I'm pulling this story up. The Congresswoman, Angie Craig, who was attacked by someone 
They said she said that the District of Columbia didn't prosecute them fully over a course of a decade. So nothing DC has been they've had a problem a growing problem with crime for a long time now. Before the pandemic, before lockdown, during lockdown, I mean it's it's I mean it's bad as as bad as it ever was. Nothing has changed except now everyone's paying attention to the crime issue and we've got an election coming up. So nothing's changed except, you know, ultimately for that. So this assault on Minnesota's Angie Craig, who's a House Democrat, that's what they're that's what they're touching on. Because she's talking about somehow the that 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 this has to do somehow with I guess them not being a, they're trying to say that DC not being a state is somehow, it's the dumbest, make that make sense. I mean, but didn't that, her complaint about all of this, the way that I understand it, the city council had all of this reform that they implemented, and this was all apparently before that. Um, this is the restorative justice that Democrats wanted in effect. That's why you had this perp who's been out for forever and, and was able to walk the streets and attack her. Uh, I mean, it really, uh, I mean, I, I, I just, this is, it's a mess. Democrats are fighting over this because of what Biden had said. Biden had said that he, he wasn't going to support it if they were going to reduce the penalties for carjacking, and it made Democrats all mad. So Democrats are mad at him. They're cussing at him, uh, caps locking in text to reporters over at the Hill. I mean, they're, they're, li- they're livid because he threw a wrench in their whole argument for D.C. statehood. Even though their argument didn't make sense, it doesn't matter. He messed it up. It it doesn't... Uh, they have a city council. They have three electoral votes. 23rd Amendment. That is what they chose to do. Back during the... They, they had a... Uh, Joe Manchin gave a really a good interview on this. He was he was asked about this some time ago, and he said, look, that's what they chose. And they did. That was something that they had made the decision to do uh, to instead of doing anything else. They they got they they took the three electoral votes and that was that's that's it. They could have gone to this was what, 1960 something that was uh, 23rd was ratified in 61. So they had three options. They could have chosen some kind of path to statehood. Uh, they could have chosen to retrocess, uh, have a retrocession back to Maryland. They that or could have had three electoral votes, and that's ultimately what it ended up doing. What they ended up doing. But the thing, though, too, is that there, are, that's that's a big hurdle to the whole statehood thing, and it just there's it's just it it is uh, constitutionally and not even just with the twenty third amendment. It is an issue with what Article Four, Article One, Section Eight. There's a lot. It, it is an issue with a lot of different parts of the Constitution because Congress runs. <clears throat> excuse me, Congress runs DC. And also think of this: it you, it's stupid to make a city because one of the other propositions that they had was, well, let's just limit DC as it is, the seat of government, to the federal buildings, and then carve out you know statehood for all the little rest of the remaining city. That's stupid because then you could say, okay, well, you know, every other state then could essentially do this in order to make it more advantageous for them during elections. Like Texas could, you know, just carve out Austin, right? California could carve out uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles. Illinois could carve out Chicago and Cook County. I mean, where, when does it stop? 
It's dumb. I love that they're all fighting over it. it and it's not practical. DC receives uh, a ton of money, federal money, for hosting national government. The district does. Something like $600 million, something crazy. So if they become, if they were to, you know, just for the purpose of argument, they would, they still, they couldn't still get that money for hosting the seat of government if they become, if they became a state. I don't know. Then you, that's like state welfare then at that point. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of problems with this issue. The least of which is Biden's bungling of it. Maybe if Democrats had policies that were actually practical and that actually worked, they wouldn't need to finagle all of these other stupid schemes. They're like Wiley Coyote. They're out there scheming on doing, doing all of these unsuccessful plans to give themselves an advantage. But the one thing that they won't do is come up with better policies. It's amazing. I mean, you can only polish a turd so much, I guess. Isn't that the old saying in production? You can only, you can only do that so much. And then that's just you know, pretty much it at that point. Mm. Just a mess. I saw this story from, this is a, a foreign policy thing we're kicking over into. I was going to get to it last hour, but I did not. And it has to do with Germany. And I was reading, because there we have uh, Biden and German Chancellor Schultz. They're set for a, a meeting. They're having a private meeting today. They're discussing each of their respective meetings with Zelensky. Zelensky wants more weaponry. He says that China is going to arm Russia. China has told Russia to, to knock it off, uh, to kind of step back. That doesn't mean I trust China. I don't trust anybody. And then that includes Zelensky. Um, but now you have Schultz and Biden. They're going to sit down and they're going to discuss uh, their, what they talked about with Zelensky when they met with him, uh, some of these proposals, etc. And this comes on the heels of, and I'll pull this story up, the German defense policy shift. It was an interesting piece that ran over at Politico. And the point, I thought it was weird when I was reading this because they seemed to be quite angry, saying that the United States was not necessarily a good ally. Huh. I'm like, well, we paid for the defense for quite a long time, have we not? I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. They were saying, one German leader was saying that they need to set aside more or double their annual defense budget. They really desperately needed to modernize their battered German military. And that's one of the things that Schultz had told uh, the parliament, uh, what, three days after Russia invaded Ukraine. He said they were living through a turning point in history. And he demanded that, he said, quote, when are Germans going to actually start spending on procurement for this? the Zeitenwend, the uh, turning point. And now I just, they what, spent 30 billion of the 100 billion they've committed, transferred uh, to order aircraft uniforms and other gear. And there's still a whole, I mean, apparently they have, there's a whole bunch of things that they were supposed to purchase that they didn't. Now keep in mind, this is one of the things that by, uh, uh, excuse me, that Trump uh, had secured a promise from Angela Merkel Back when she was uh, in leadership, they had that big argument when they had uh, a meeting with all the they, they were over in Europe and what was like G8 or something like that. 
and everyone was arguing and all the press was saying Trump was so bad because he was he was being so mean to Angela Merkel and American and German relations were deteriorating because he was demanding that they spend more on their own defense as a requirement for NATO membership. And I that's one of the I, I, I like you have NATO expansion that's taken place because people were saying that NATO was shrinking. It actually did expand. But I do question some of the expansion because I question the economic stability of some of the countries that have recently joined and whether or not they're even able to meet the bare minimum required for their own defense. And the reason I say this is because you get an unstable country that's a member of NATO and then the instability of that country makes them rife for, say, an attack, etc. Well, then, boom, right again, you're in a World War Three. So you do also have to be very particular and discriminatory in terms of GDP spending on defense and stability of government when admitting nations into NATO. And so it's uh, the conservative leader, one of the conservative leaders in Germany said everyone's talking about, you know, this this worldwide turning uh, point. But so far, we've only seen slow motion is ultimately what he said. And then someone else was suggesting that, well, you know, we wouldn't be in this position if Americans weren't such bad allies. Excuse me? Maybe then you could pay for a little bit more of your G- your defense. But it is, it, they're still fighting on spending this percentage of their GDP. At least they see now. Poland, their spending forecast for defense, they're, uh, what, to 3% of the GDP from 22 That's one of the reasons why, by the way, you see the, the relationship, a bigger embrace, of Poland by the U.S. because they are, they immediately began spending more in of their GDP towards their own self-defense. That's the thing because it, if you don't, if you have countries that are not even able to finance their own self-defense, guess what? If they're a NATO country, that means everybody else, and by everybody else, I mean the United States, and by the United States, I mean we, the taxpayers, have to pay for that because some politician in some other country chose to not spend their taxpayer dollars on defense that means now you're going to be demanded to have your taxpayer dollars go towards some other foreign entity's defense that does not sound like that's not a good partnership in my in my opinion or any kind of factual reality hmm so very it's a it's an i put this in your prep you got this in your prep email if you subscribe to chapter and verse on substack because Schultz is also being criticized for being led by polls instead of just leading. And this is what Angela Merkel was accused of as well. Instead of leading by being a leader and making good decisions and being able to make good decisions without uh, having to focus group everything. But their defense spending is still way short of that 2%, the NATO's demand of 2% of their GDP. It's still below. Still below it. But yet, what if something kicks off? Guess who gets the phone call? The United States. The United States. That's the issue. And it's probably also why you haven't seen Germany spending near what everyone expects, not only the United States, to carry most of the financial burden when it comes to NATO, and you have countries like Germany dragging their feet to make that 2% minimum, but you also have other countries demanding that the United States also spend its money on aid, weaponry, munitions to Ukraine. All of this is important because this is going to determine, heaven forbid, we don't have warmongers and war inc. succeed in kicking off some kind of third round of worldwide conflict. But heaven forbid if that were to happen, because of all of these bad financial decisions, you're going to feel the pinch like you've never felt it. I honestly think it would make the Great Depression look, you know, silly.
And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So this very interesting study, it says, this is from Neuroscience News, three intestinal bacteria found in dementia with Lewy bodies identified. Lewy body dementia. Uh, it said that they they were looking for biomarkers for diagnosing the disease. And what they found, apparently, is that previous studies suggested that gut bacteria, the microorganisms that live in the human digestive tract, play a role in Parkinson's and other neurodegenerative disorders. They're, they're looking at, at, they're still further studying this, but I think, yeah, she should have a he- healthy gut. Go ahead and scream it, Kane. I know you, I knew, he had Juan yelling it on break. He's yeah. converted Juan. Juan is now... Golly, you, oh my gosh, you guys. Informed. I don't disagree with you. I just think it's hysterical because you guys, man, now you're both around. All right, Nordstrom is shuttering all of its 13 Canadian stores, but they're going to open 20 more stores in the U.S., right? So that's interesting. Uh, Missouri has also grown a list of, uh, joined a list of growing states moving to restrict Chinese farmland ownership. Yeah. All good things. we got a lot more on the way. Stick with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at DanaLash.com. Today, the Biden-Harris administration is announcing its 33rd security assistance package for Ukraine using presidential drawdown authorities as we continue to surge weapons and equipment that Ukraine needs to defend itself against Russian aggression. This package includes more ammunition for U.S.-provided HIMARS and howitzers that Ukraine is using so effectively to defend itself, as well as ammunition for Bradley infantry fighting vehicles, armored vehicle launch bridges, and demolition munitions and equipment. The, The United States will continue to rally the world to support Ukraine. The 33rd package. Where is it going? Where where is this all going? Do we know? This just now. Is this is all brand new? Do we know? No accountability yet. Feel like we should have a little bit of that. You know, maybe before we kind of. Just this month, it's. It, I thought it was the fourth. Well, no, you know what I'm thinking oh, of. I'm it. thinking of uh, Anthony Anthony Blinken, uh, the 400 something million for Yemen. Well, this That's skirmish has been going on for a year. So if yeah, it's yeah. Our so 30, this is the third this month. Good God. Yeah, that's right. Welcome back to the program, Dana Lash here with you. Always good to be with you. This Friday, as we sit here and talk about all the ways government's spending our money. Yay, yay. She feels so good. You feel so represented, I don't. don't you? Do you feel represented, Kane? Sure, don't. <laughs> yay. No, I, um, mm, it's a, this, uh, to, to, I'm just, at what point are we going to demand a, any kind of plan? with this because it, I mean, it just seems like it's going to no, no, neither side is willing to back down. So where ultimately does this go to? I mean, we're, we're having issues right now with just getting some, I don't know if they think we're going to be able to rely on NATO partners. If everything goes sideways, I'm not sure. But the thirty, the third package this month, thirty third overall. Who boy? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm telling you, it's. This is not sustainable. We're going to talk more about this here, coming up as well. I want to get into some of this GOP drama. I mean, I really don't want to, but 
It makes headlines. I hate fake news. I hate the way the media does this. I have told you guys and told you guys the media is trying so hard to bait people into a primary um, slap fight because they want you to take out your own candidates. They want you, Democrats are outsourcing some of their early general work to you and to other and to the uh, some some republican staffers that's a real thing so i'm just i'm always really hesitant when i see this kind of stuff pop up so i saw this yesterday and i i do want you to know that there are some operatives out there i've been in politics since i was in my 20s and in politics i mean in activism actually is how i started for those of you who've watched the show for any particular point in time I was in the streets with guerrilla activism and doing very asymmetrical type things. And that's kind of how through that, the, the Tea Party kicked off. I helped co-found it on my, my radio show when it was just in St. Louis and we went from there. Traveled all over the country on my own dime and my own time because I felt like this this the stuff that needed to get done. So I got to in in the course of you know these past however many years i got to meet a lot of people who were starting out or who later on were starting out and i got to kind of see the character of a lot of people and there are people just you know because we're all sometimes we're all on the same side doesn't mean i'm going to necessarily like them or that they somehow or, or, or even really that they even share our values a lot of you'd be shocked sometimes what happens uh when cameras aren't on and mics are off uh, it's pretty, you know, just like with anything in the world, it's stunning. You really have to always vet people. And so I've seen a lot of operatives that are just, you know, grifters. And I've seen a lot of people who are just as bad as the left and who want to take voters on a ride. And they really just want power adjacency. They weren't able to secure it on the left because they were outmaneuvered, however. And so they ended up going to the right and they want to be power adjacent. And just we have this new everyone thinks they can be an operative. And what I say by operative is I mean a camp people who work on campaigns and they try to do the dirty work, right? Everyone glorifies that position, but so few are actually good at it. And the people who are good at it, you never know. You never know who they are. You never know these people because these people don't want to be on camera. These people don't want to have bylines. These people don't want to be known. They don't want to be name dropped. They don't want to be on social media. The people who do are the ones who want to glorify themselves. Those are the ones who think that they really want a little bit of the fame that the candidate they claim to stand for. They really want a little bit of that fame. They want the power adjacency and they want the notoriety. And that just makes for a bad operative. Every campaign has an operative. Reagan had one. Everybody had one. There is no pure politician that does not have an operative. It's just the way it works. And then you've got some people out there, you've got people who really want to be one of these, these, they want to be in this line of work, and they're just, like I said, they're just bad at it. And I see these people all over the place, and some of them I saw coming up, you know, through the years in politics. Some of them I was like, I think they're too nutty to even have on my radio program for any topic ever in the history of broadcasting or future, ever. They're just nuts. So I see, so I saw this the other day, because I saw these some of these same operatives pushing this. And I don't like, look, I don't, I don't like attacking uh same side candidates especially this damn early i hope you realize that everyone's getting baited into doing this by the media and by the left and some people are so just eagerly zealously taking this because some people 
are trying to prove stuff to certain politicians so that they can stay in their good graces. Some of them didn't get endorsements on certain campaigns, and so they're trying to get back in their good graces. Anyway, that being said, I saw this story getting pushed out. And before I comment on things, I like to go read them, right? Someone was talking about this bill. Let me pull this up. This is a bill. Uh, I went and read it. It's a proposal. This is over at NBC News. NBC News is writing this. Now it says it has Ron DeSantis's picture, and the headline is Florida bill would require bloggers who write about governor and legislators to register with the state. Well, that sounds pretty stupid. That was my first thought. I was like, that sounds super stupid. And they have a picture of DeSantis there. Like, he's the one who's... This is why we need to learn what the legislative branch is. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go read this story. So I read it. I, I thought, you know, they got DeSantis's face there. That's weird. Okay. Republican State Senator Jason Brodeur. He would require bloggers who write about state officials, any of them, to disclose who's paying them and how much. The hell does that have to do with it? A lot of people do this just because they, are, they like it. His bill, which I've read... And it's available on the Internet. You can go to like uh, the Florida House. You can go to Florida Gov or Florida Senate. You can read all the proposals, all the stuff that's been proposed there, all the bills. Uh, the, the bill is called Information Dissemination. So I was reading this bill and uh, it's stupid. It's a stupid bill. And I think Brodeur should feel stupid for filing it because it's stupid. I, how many times can I say it? I read this and I was like. This is something that like Jerry Nadler would propose. It's dumb. Now here's where it gets even crazier. It, it's, they talk about any elected state officer and it says the, the fine, if you didn't register is like 25 bucks a day and the penalty is capped at 2,500 per posting. So that is in the bill. I was reading it. Now this is how it turns out. So you have this state lawmaker, NBC, writes this story. They put a picture of DeSantis there. Then you have some of these primary operatives who have been on social media saying things like DeSantis. I saw people do this with Trump. Like Congress would do something stupid and people are like, Trump, look what Trump is doing with this bill. Like Trump in the executive office went to Congress and is writing literally a piece of legislation. People need to learn how different branches of government work. So NBC attaches this photo of DeSantis and then all these operatives. Can you believe DeSantis is writing this fascist anti-speech bill? And some of these are Republican operatives that are pushing this because they got a primary interest. They're going to get paid if they deliver a victory. So they're pushing this stuff. So you have one blockhead state lawmaker who is pushing a stupid bill. There is zero evidence that the governor's office at all supports it. And I'm just saying, if I had to judge whether or not, first off, this bill isn't, I don't even think it's out of committee. It's in committee. I don't even think it's going to make it out of committee. So we're getting the cart way the hell ahead of the horse. I doubt if other state lawmakers would actually support this bill. So it has to go through all of that before it would even make it to the governor's desk. I mean, we need schoolhouse rock again. And so... The insinuation is because a a dumb Republican state senator in Florida wrote a dumb bill that it's DeSantis's fault. 
which even if it made it out of committee and 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 through debate and all the hurdles and then the Senate and then became a bill, judging by how he's been on everything else, what do you think the likelihood of him supporting something as just absolutely stupid as this would be? Um, I'd say nil. Right. Less than nil. Less than nil. But that's not what the operatives are saying. The operatives are all out there like, he actually physically wrote it with his own hands. Like, it's, the, it's so stupid. So this is why some some of this stuff is so dumb. I just I see these people out here pushing this, and I'm like, golly, yeah, they're doing this, and then they're working with NBC, pushing this stuff. People who say they're Republicans, who hated NBC just a little bit ago when NBC was pushing fake news about Trump and Russia, and who was the guy who went away? They kept saying he was going to come, and he never did. Mueller. Mueller is coming, Mueller is coming. That's all we heard. He never, he left. Dude, he left the building, retired. He's like, you know, he's gone. He never, he never showed up. So they hated NBC a little bit ago because they said that they were fake news and that they were, because they were pushing stupid, like, gossip and propaganda about Trump and Marussia. But now, because it's advantageous to them, oh, they love them some NBC. So now they're literally hand in hand with NBC pushing fake news and trying to drum up division on the right, some Republican operatives. Man, with Republicans like that, who the hell needs Democrats? Dang. Is this what I'm saying? This is why, you know, you guys want to know why I don't like to go to D.C.? Because of this. I'm telling you, I do not have the patience for this stuff. You know why God gave us palms, Cain? Why? That's why. Because that. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. So this story is like a cautionary tale. Like if you're ever doing like a nutty pot or something like this, there's a reason why you're told to use distilled water. You don't just use water from the tap. Um, But there's also an additional caveat to the story. So a Florida man uh, apparently rinsed his sinuses out with just some tap water. And he ended up dying from the brain-eating amoeba. It was amoeba-infested water. So officials think that this unnamed Charlotte County man, they're saying that after he rinsed his sinuses using tap water, was contaminated with this microscopic pathogen. So now they're telling 200,000 people in this county to avoid washing their face with tap water. Uh, they said they're waiting to clear it from local authorities, but they said, you know, don't get anything in your in your nose or mouth, even in the shower, so they're they're uh, remedying the issue and testing it, and they it's that I can't even say it. It's the Nagellari fowlery. All I know is it's a brain-eating amoeba, and this particular resident apparently contact contracted it after he rinsed out his sinuses. So he was like using a nutty pot or something, uh, which is why you always should use distilled water when you do anything like that. So they said that they're treating the water, they're doing all this stuff, they're, they said it's not the first time that amoebas found its way into municipally controlled water, though. Louisiana had multiple issues with this. Back in 2011, there were two people uh, who were ultimately killed as a result. Uh, but there were, it was contaminated water in the home, and they said that modern water treatment still going through this process, they're looking at what happened, it should be enough to deal with this issue. Uh, also, a couple of other Florida man stories here. Uh, this, this is a, um, golly, 
A man went in for a kidney removal, but that's not what the doctor took out. An Orlando urologist who thought that he had removed a patient's kidney actually left it in place. Oh, my gosh. How did he actually took out an inflamed cyst instead? How do you not know as a a doctor between an inflamed cyst and a kidney? The complaint they're they're in the disciplinary process and looking as to whether or not uh, there's going to be punitive action. But they said that uh, Dr. Zimit Patel had taken out an inflamed cyst instead of the kidney. And he was supposed to remove the person's right, the patient's right kidney. This was back in 21. Now it's in court. Uh, he, he removed instead of cyst. They sent it to pathology. Um, and then the individual had to show up. Uh, he went for a CT and they showed him his right kidney was still there. So this is going through the legal process. Uh, Florida man is accused of trying to sell a bedridden elderly woman's house. In Miami Day, this is from Channel 6, South Florida, Tom Roy Jenkins, 43 of Oakland Park, was arrested Monday of this week, faces multiple charges, including fraud, grand theft, and elderly exploitation. According to the arrest report, he was trying to, I mean, no, like literally trying to steal a home from an 86-year-old bedridden woman who is in a nursing home. He used all kinds of fake ID and posed as her son to do it. Thankfully, he was caught. Third hour on the way. Don't go anywhere. More right after this. My name is Nina Jankowitz. I'm asking for your financial support of a lawsuit I want to bring against Fox News for their malicious, reckless <laughs> lies against me. A year ago today, I realized a lifelong dream and entered public service as a U.S. government official. I spent oh the better God, part stop. of a decade stop. working on both it's sides too much. of the aisle. It's too much. Oh, gosh, you remember? You remember this lady. She was going to be on the... What was the the truth board? Yeah. I don't even remember what it was called. Yeah. She's also the one, if you remember, uh, who was doing the song and dance. She did the whole song and dance thing in her office. Don't. I swear. If I see the clip of her singing, it is terrifying. But she's the one who is going to be on that um, disinformation, whatever, board, and I don't remember what it was, what it was called. It had a really long name. And uh, she was all about disinformation and all this stuff. And oh, my goodness. And that's, you know. So now she needs help. She's going to sell the news. And now she's over at. Oh, she literally wrote a book called How to Be a Woman Online. There's a special way. Oh, man, Kane, I just have probably the most not fit for air comment that I've ever had Uh-oh. in all of my years of broadcasting. Mute. Yeah, I don't even know if I can do that. Oh, boy. Be- be- yeah, it, because I, I so because I'm thinking, you know, I don't even know how, how to be a woman online. You just be unless Kane, she's talking about. I just don't know how that would work. I did block you lip readers. I did. You're right. You know why? Because I'm keeping you. I'm keeping you wholesome. All right. So she first off, welcome back. Let's rejoin everyone. She blocked me. I just now realized this. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, she yeah, she totally blocked me online. I almost picked up my my whole entire desk to show you. You know how one would with a. Oh my gosh, I got to screenshot this. Yeah, she, uh, I didn't even, 
I mean, I literally have never tweeted her because I've just never cared to. But I guess she was just being proactive. I, I'm flattered. I'm not even, my feelings aren't even hurt. Because she was, she was out there saying, Fox News lied about me hundreds of times. Help me hold them accountable for what they do. Yeah, you know, the, the, the problem is that, um, I mean, she was the disinformation czar. That she was in the, it's the disinformation governance board. It was the DHS thing. So she is, the way that they've tried to, people, I'm trying to figure out what the misinformation was. Chick, they were your own literal words that people shared. Can we stop with the whole, someone shared my tweets. You attack me. It's your tweet. Like, you people do this. They put this stuff online, and they say these things because they think they're untouchable. And then when someone touches them, ah, they freak out. I'm totally blocked. Are you blocked? No, I was asking. I don't, I've never tweeted her. I never have anything. either. Well, I think you did some stuff on the show, and we put out some social media. But some, I legit never clips. even tweeted her. I don't even care. I think we've tagged her in some things that wow. we've talked about. But that was, you know, a while ago. Hmm. But I love how she's treated libs of TikTok like complete crap and now wants to cry about some of the same medicine she's getting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Th she's one of those people who who says that uh, would, you know, she's like one of those leftists who gets upset because one, a social media account actually posts videos that leftists post of themselves online. How dare you attack these people by sharing the videos that they freely post on in public? How dare you? Like, you don't even add comment. You just repost our stuff. You're attacking them with them. You're using them against them. You see how dumb that sounds? That's where we are. So she, um, I guess you could probably talk about fighting harassment against women online when you've helped lead it. Yeah. Right? I mean, it seems, it seems legit. But she wants to, so she's trying to crowdsource because she needs money for her lawsuit. Because apparently no one wants to take it on pro bono because they think she's a moron. That's what that means. If nobody's even going to take... I mean, if she legit had a case, I, I don't see how anybody wouldn't take it on. She's just being petty. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. So, I, I mean, she was the... She literally retweeted a claim once. She retweeted... Uh, what was it? Something that was claiming that Clarence Thomas was spreading misinformation... And it was all based on a tweet that Politico actually had to delete and clarify because they were wrong. And she wanted to be the truth, the minister of truth. Good grief. That's just like to start. Yeah, she's. Um, I guess her book didn't sell well enough. I mean, because the, the book that she had, that's about like, you know, women online or whatever. Uh, after the after the dif disinformation governance board had its plug pulled, I guess she did this book, and I guess, you know, um, that means that her book didn't sell well, huh? She's the one who sang. Don't don't play it. She sang Mary Poppins on TikTok, remember? And she was going to be the one. Hmm. But she has uh, last year she registered as a foreign agent for the UK Center for Information Resilience, and uh, so she is a foreign agent now. Technically, she was also one of the people who was trying to downplay everything about the laptop, the Hunter Biden laptop, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. She was one of those individuals. She's a far leftist that was just using her access to power as a way to, um, you know, substitute for any kind of credibility in this position. 
Yeah, and she did treat. She, she. I mean, she's she's off. Oh my gosh, all these people are saying they're blocked too. Our listener Larry is blocked. Why did they? Why did she, Larry's a nice guy? Why would you and block him? She's like Shannon Watts 2.0, Jankowitz. Oh god. Well, at least like she knew the lyrics to Mary Poppins, so that's you know something, I guess. I didn't say that she sang them well. I just said she knew the lyrics. So I don't know. Uh, a couple of other things that I want to make sure that we are hitting on uh, because it's kind of a weird, sort of a weird news day. And I'm pull this up because yesterday I brought it. We, well, we had the news uh, yesterday evening that Diane Feinstein went into the hospital for shingles. People have been pretty, I think, open about, you know, she's not going to run again. She's, you know, they've been pretty open about what she's doing and what she's dealing with her health, you know, health issues. What we have not gotten that from is we haven't gotten it from uh, Fetterman. And I, we had this discussion yesterday. How is this guy actually able to file legislation, you know, a bill? How is this happening when he's in Walter Reed? Apparently for depression, but I think it's actually like, you know, still stroke related. And then his wife was getting, uh, you know, I, I've had issues with his wife even before he went. I mean, everybody has because she, it seemed a little bit more than just a relationship of a wife who was kind of like a caregiver. And then, you know what I mean? It just seemed a little, you know, just a little more than that. Like, it just seemed like she always wanted to be in, you know, the camera, the spotlight, all this stuff. It's weird. So someone was noticing this piece that was in a Los Angeles publication. And... She, you know, I understand taking the kids out of the media circus, but at the same time, I don't know. Uh, I think people feel sorry for John Fetterman because of her. <laughs> Here's this, this quote that she has. This was in Los Angeles Blade, this quote. And she's getting criticized for it because they say that it looks a little bit too honest. It was published like a couple of months ago, but now it's really making the rounds. The piece says that the, it gets into, you know, it's, it's, they're talking to her. They're talking about her husband. She says, uh, they say she talking about Giselle Fetterman also shares photos on social media with her six foot eight husband's head partially cropped out so that her shoes are visible in the frame and insists that their marriage operates with the unspoken understanding that Giselle is always right when there are differences of opinion on that latter point. Should anyone long for the same dynamic with their spouse or significant significant other Fetterman offers the following advice. You have to be really confident in your truth adding then you just like ignore him when he's speaking. Oh boy. Well, that like that seems not great. Uh, wow. And they said that uh, the like the jokes that she'll like sometimes make, like when she crops up part of his head to get her shoes in, it just seems like always it's kind of at his expense. But then to say that, well, then you have to ignore him when he's speaking. Can you imagine if? And I was thinking about this too. Uh, that doesn't sound like an an even. You know, marriage is a partnership. That does not sound like an evenly weighed partnership. I, d- can, I just, can you imagine if um, Barack Obama had said, yeah, then you got to just ignore her when she's speaking. If Biden had said that, if any Democrat had said that, can you imagine? 
Can you? Oh, can you though? Man. But they get a pass. Always a pass. Always and forever a pass. Now, I have uh, a few other things that I want to make sure that we're hitting today. Uh, we discussed a little earlier, Poot Buttigieg, personal time Pete, his mentee. I still actually, I can't even believe that this isn't like trending at least online. Have you seen this anywhere? Online trending? No, not that much on Twitter at all. No, actually. no, not, nor I, nor I. Uh, that issue and I'm going to pull this. There's a couple of other things here pulled up. That seems to me almost bigger. Well, that's kind of bigger than him not doing the job that he's supposed to be doing in the Department of Transportation. And this also, remember the, uh, oh, the organization Mayors Against Illegal Guns. It was the kind of what, it was sort of before what every town against guns ended up becoming. It was a Michael Bloomberg funded group of mayors and that were against guns. But the problem is a lot of these mayors ended up getting into a lot of trouble. Uh, Two of them had different child predator charges. Like two of them apparently were convicted of, of possessing child pornography. Mayors, Democrat mayors, and the the mayors against guns. I wrote, it's in a book, uh, my first book that I wrote, and I have a ton of pieces about it where it lists all their records and I you know, have the affidavits, everything. Uh, and then you had two of, the, two of them were in trouble for uh, possessing child pornography, and then there was one that kept uh, in... Uh, like a 19 or 20 year old male hostage in his house and uh, drew a gun on him because he'd reject his romantic advances. Crazy stuff. And so now you have this mayor, this Democrat mayor, who's considered a mentee of uh, personal time Pete Buttigieg. And there hasn't been a lot of discussion about this guy. He was, you know, apparently at the White House uh, quite a bit. And... Now this guy, he's arrested for kitty porn. It's an a lot. He had a lot of it. Yeah. A lot of it. Um. Wow. And there's, oh, and he, there's he was uh repeatedly at the White House. There's all kinds of photos of him, like that he and apparently Buttigieg had also shared. And when he first, when all of this first came out. The town, and I'm pulling this up too, city uh, of College Park, they released one statement where they just said that they were aware of it and that's kind of all they said, or that, that he was resigning and they just like completely glossed over the fact that he's resigning because he was charged with kitty porn. Then they released a second and they, they actually thanked they actually, and this was, Lorraine grabbed this, uh, this screenshot, March 2nd, 2023, and Lorraine's a contributor to Chapter and Verse uh, over at Substack, and she moderates our YouTube discussion. City of College Park, statement on Mayor Wo- Wohan's resignation. They thank him. They thank him for his many years, Kane, of dedicated service. Literally, it says the city of College Park thanks him for his many years of dedicated service. Service to what? Child Do- porn? I mean, I'm just thinking if your mayor is just charged with possession of an epic ton of kitty porn and literally also has charges of, of distribution onto it, not just possession, but he's shearing it. And then you're the, the, the city 
where your mayor releases a statement literally the day of thanking you for your service. Are you people high? Oh my gosh. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. I robbed you guys by not shutting up last segment, so we're short here. Apologies. So forever chemicals in your toilet paper might give you cancer, according to a study. No, in environmental science and technology letters on Wednesday, a new study says substances in toilet paper known as DPAPs, or something I can't say, uh, have precursor compounds, and they could actually become something a little carcinogenic, and they're called forever chemicals. Do we get a list of toilet paper? No, we don't. We're going to have to Google it on our own. Now I got problems. Stick with us. We got a lot more in store, folks. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Too much of toxicity. It's masculine toxicity out there. And we've kind of confused what it means to be a man, what it means to be masculine, where you've got this trope out there that you've got to be tough and you know angry and, and lash out to be strong. It's just the opposite. You know, strength is how you show your love for people. Strength is how you are for people and how you have their back and how you, you stick up for other, other people and pushing up, pushing out against bullies. I mean, that's what I believe it is. So okay. every Oh, gosh, I can't. Oh, I my gosh. Speak. Say something nice. Say something nice. Say something nice. Hurry. Say something nice. 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 I don't have anything. Say something nice. I don't have anything. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. That's... um. I hate saying this word, these, these two words together. Second gentleman. <laughs> Douglas Emhoff. Discussing real manhood and calling out the idea of toxic masculinity. First off, I don't know. I, I just don't want to hear anybody who talks about bullying also saying the phrase toxic masculinity. I don't believe in toxic masculinity. I believe that people can be toxic, but I don't believe that masculinity is toxic. I believe that people can be toxic. I believe that women can be toxic and men can be toxic, but masculinity is not toxic any more than femininity is toxic. It's a sexist phrase said by weak people. That's they want to blame, you know, they want to blame their weakness on something. I just feel like whenever I hear him talk, I want whatever he thinks toxic masculinity is. Because if he doesn't like it, then I would like more of that. Just because I... He... I, I don't know how to put it in a way that's, you know, I'm not, I don't care. He just, it just makes your ovaries want to crawl up into the, you know, deepest, darkest parts of your innermost being away from wherever he is. <laughs> this is how I kind of look at it. There's nothing... We have... Look, people are broke. They're talking about eating bugs. We're giving all our money to Ukraine. China's being shady. And he's out here going, but we got toxic masculinity. Like, that's the big issue that we have to deal with right now. Really? Does that seem tone deaf to anybody else? I mean, I don't. I also reject the whole, well, you know, you could talk about more than one thing. Yeah, but not this, not right now. It looks stupid. It looks so dumb to talk about this when everybody's dealing with, you know, you got people drinking, you know, poison porridge up in East Palestine, right? They, they, got, they got rainbow water up there. Come on. Okay? And you're worried about toxic masculinity? <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Oh, man. No, toxic masculinity is the phrase for absence of it. That's what it is. Just anybody can be toxic. They just don't like masculinity. They just, the left does not like strong dudes. They just simply don't. They don't like strong men. That's it. It's toxic masculinity. He seems like a beta, right? I just don't, I don't know. I'm not a fan of him just because he seems weak to me. I, I, everybody's got their own personal preference, but I don't get it. I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't want to criticize nobody's relationship, but I just don't get it, man. I really don't. What did you, you put something very interesting in, Kane, in Slack. Yeah. I believe men need to be potentially dangerous. Men need to have the capacity to be dangerous. Um, and that, uh, to me, that's what alpha male energy is. They mm-hmm. don't have to go out there and assert it. You don't, you're not out there asserting yeah. anything. But, you know, you start something and, you know, I'll end it. That sort of thing. So that's, that's not toxic masculinity. That is actual, strong, alpha male energy. Mm-hmm. The same energy that founded this country. And, mm, exactly. and, fight and fought for it for hundreds of years. Women want men who they feel can TCB if it comes down to it. Or can, you know, just take care of biz- regular business, but also take care of business if things go sideways. It is, it is a strength, and it's not... I mean, there's a difference between, you know, who was that? That one, that one guy, Andrew Tate. I don't know why people, he's not a, he's, I don't, I don't consider him masculine. No, I actually don't. I think he's a giant pansy. Andrew Tate, the guy who was like all flexing and all this stuff. Strong dudes don't need to advertise that they're strong. Weak people advertise, have to constantly advertise that they're strong. Yeah, and I think in his situation, he was just vocalizing it and verbalizing it because of such. Um, the conversation about masculinity being toxic. So he took it upon himself to go out there and come. But didn't he violate every precept that he said that to follow? I don't know a lot about him, but I took one look at him and I was like, douche. No, look, I've looked into this. I haven't really, you know, dug deep into it, Mm -hmm. but I can tell he has been a target of the, what we call cancel cancel culture. Am I a stand? No, Mm -hmm. I'm just calling it how I see it. Okay. He just seems obnoxious. I don't consider yeah. that to be a masculine or feminine trait. It's just a trait. He just seems obnoxious to me. Yeah, he's meeting the obnoxiousness with obnoxiousness. And if I can see your nipples in your shirt, then you need to wear an yeah. undershirt, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, can I just, it needs to be said. I mean, for crying out loud, you know? Or get the things that the, they sell in the ladies' stores, you know, the the headlight things. Like, take care of your stuff. Like, dude, come on. Um I don't know. I just I, I only have seen a couple things about him, but I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong because I'm never really I've never been a bad judge of character. He just seemed like a guy who had to constantly advertise that he was, you know, tough and that he knew. And but yet he didn't he never really seemed that way. I don't know. I just um, he sounded more like a progressive than a conservative to me. Every time he opened his mouth, he sounded more like a progressive and not like a conservative. That's how I mean. Yeah, there's just uh, just some of the stuff that I've seen online, like, uh, you know, but I this idea of to the point where you have Doug Emhoff sitting here talking about toxic masculinity. I cannot stand this. We I, I, I can't stand this idea that it is that toxicity is something that is only uh within masculinity itself because they're they're trying to say that they're one in the same. 
that toxicity is masculinity and masculinity is toxicity. And it's not. It absolutely isn't. Whenever I see stories that the left shares of, you know, a guy who's behaving badly, who's like acting like a jerk or he's treating, you know, his woman poorly and all this stuff. I'm like, that's not masculinity. That guy's being a jack wagon. I mean, there is such a thing as chivalry. And, you know, chivalry is that you can be uh, a, a knee breaker on the battlefield, but then you have a, enough power and strength of self-control to, you know, treat women and children kindly and go about the business of civics and do what you need to do when you are at home. I mean, there's, I mean, there, it's like a, it's a, it's a tenant. It's a, it's a tenant of, of male behavior. And it, that's the thing that hasn't been i think either widely understood or accepted by the left they just think that if it's bad behavior it's because of ah that's just how men are well that's not how men are is that how women are when you see a woman acting stupid i mean when you see a woman acting up is that in being dumb and you know causing a scene and getting you know all that stuff or being a skank or something like this is that you know is that somehow indicative just to women? No, it's a trait that's for either or. It's not ingrained in either masculinity or femininity. I just, it's, I think it's just the destruction of strong men. If you don't have strong men, then Uncle Sam can step in. That's what it's been always, always only ever about. And notice how when these people ever talk about toxic masculinity, be specific. What? Was he, he wasn't specific in his soundbite. What is, what in particular about masculinity is toxic like be specific whenever people try to bring this up with me that's my first response okay be specific what are you talking about what particularly oh you can't you can't give me shut up you can't give me anything specific and it is all about and to kane's point that he just made in slack as you which is what i agree with it's about diminishing and obliterating the differences between the two sexes can I just, how boring is all the androgyny? Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Boring, boring, boring. That, to me, is more toxic than masculinity. Oh, my gosh. It just sucks. Because that quote, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. And that is, I've never heard or read anything more true. Mm-hmm. No, no, nor have I. Yeah, the 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 whole, yeah, I the whole no difference. It just makes everything boring. It makes fashion boring too. I have to say, it makes everything boring. By the way, um, apparently, people are freaking out about our uh, headline about the carcinogenic toilet paper. Uh oh. <sighs> it is in one of your email preps from, I think it was yesterday that I sent out chapter and verse on Substack. It is, it, it is a University of Florida survey, and they're looking at the... I'm going to touch on it because apparently enough of you are worried. Uh, it is the University of Florida. They were talking about toxic forever chemicals, the polyfluoroalkyl... That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, PFAs have been uh, linked to everything from certain cancers, either they link to certain cancers or and even low sperm count. And so they have this new study in the Environmental Science and Technology Letters uh, that they published Wednesday of this week. And they said that they detected substances in toilet paper known as DIPAPS and that those are precursor compounds that can be potentially carcinogenic. So I'm just seeing potentially. 
a lot. So one of the the forever chemicals, they're in things like some certain cosmetics, nonstick pans, certain clothes, even children's products. And they're PFAs. And like some of the mascaras, some of the lip products, some things like that. I think you can find like a list of things, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, of these online. But everyone's like, okay, but the toilet paper, I wish they would give you a list. Because, I mean, they said that one product is paper where you have certain forever chemicals used. And by the way, as Kane notes, that is what was spilled in East Palestine. Some of these were forever chemicals. Like undergarments, apparently. Pretty much everything. They had the Thinks, T-H-I-N-X, ladies' menstrual undergarment britches. Apparently those contained something. They had a, a class action lawsuit for $5 million because apparently it wasn't safe to wear. They had those PFAs in them. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't actually give in a whole list. I just, I, I mean, always, I think it's important to look, always look. But golly, do we have to worry about everything now? And then what's the point of worrying about everything if you're just going to have the government? You know, oh, let's, it's okay. It's in your waterways. If you have a big old train derail and all these toilet paper chemicals just dump right in your water, dump all in the ground, y'all breathing it in. It's okay. Water's safe. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. The truth is that it is important to speak your mind. So I do. Now, that makes some people mad, but I try not to worry too much about what anyone thinks of me, except dogs. I really like dogs. See, I, he is one of the funniest people in government. And chill. Yeah, and super chill. That's Senator John Kennedy. My dream is to sit next to him. And I don't actually feel this way about anybody else. He's from Louisiana. My He would be a dream, like, seatmate at, a at like, a dinner party because he would be hysterical, and I feel like he would spill so much tea that it would be very insightful, meaning gossip, so that he's hysterical. Every, I mean, and I also agree. Like, I don't really care what anybody else thinks, but my dog, like, if my dog ever was like, Dana, I'm disappointed in you. Dude, I'd be crushed. I don't know how I would cope. Can you imagine? Because <laughs> remember how it's always, like, it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't affect you as much if your parents got mad at you when you were younger. But if they said, we're disappointed. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's like a gutting. Horrible. <sighs> anyway. Uh, make sure you go and subscribe to Chapter and Verse over at Substack. All kinds of good stuff that goes out from that all throughout the week. And also find us on YouTube and Facebook. Like and subscribe. I've got all of our past discussions up there, including this week's uh, earlier discussion with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, all kinds of good things there. And, you know, you can also check out the YouTube discussion that happens live every time that we're on air. And we, you know, we have a moderator, Lorraine, that keeps all the, you know, the shady, sketchy bot accounts away you know the people that immediately want to we love joe biden and anything like that yeah so that they, they it's you're you're safe you're you don't have to deal with the bots uh but also make sure you make sure you go and like and subscribe on uh, facebook and youtube as well uh because uh we have we have a lot of good stuff there lots of good stuff up there too now uh next week as you know 
We're going to have SCOTUS ongoing. We're going to have more movement in Congress. We'll have all that. We'll bring all that to you. In the meantime, today in Stupidity Kane. All right. It is MIT-educated Representative Thomas Massey taking on John Kerry on climate change. And boy, this was a great ending here. Listen to this. 100,000 years ago is because for 200 million years before that, it was greater than, the, than it is today. And I'm going to submit for the record. Yeah, but there weren't human beings. I mean, there was a different world, folks. We didn't have 7 well, billion people. So how did it get to 2,000 parts per million if we humans weren't here? Because Whoa! there were all kinds of geologic listen, events listen. happening on Earth which spewed did up. Did geology more. stop when we got on the planet? Ooh, Mr. Yeah. Chairman, I, I, <laughs> this is just not a serious conversation. Your, your testimony is not serious. <laughs> I agree. Oh, so Thomas good. Massey is goat, man. That's epic. Folks, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I will be back behind the mic with you on Monday. God bless.